0: Hello my loves and welcome to the With Intention podcast by Cami Sophia. So I actually feel like we haven't like sat down and actually had a proper chat for ages. I don't know why, I think it's because I had Brooke on last week's episode and then I'm filming the intro now but I actually have a very exciting guest on today that I will speak about in just a second but I feel like we need a weekly recap guys. I graduated last year, last year, oh my gosh am I silly, last week and it was super duper fun. I did a few like behind the scene videos on Instagram and TikTok for you guys to kind of get the Side scoop but it was really really good fun I was so nervous at first when I was thinking about like going on stage it was absolutely terrifying but do you know what the day was absolutely lovely and I really wish I hadn't spent so much time freaking out about it but yeah it was really really good fun and then on Saturday night I went out with some of the girls and it was so much fun it was so nice to kind of let off some steam have some cocktails have some fun play a bit of beer pong on Saturday night so that was really fun I'm still kind of low-key recovering well not really from a hangover I'd say but definitely from a bit of sleep deprivation but it's all part of the fun But anyway, I kind of wanted to get straight into this because I am so, so excited to have this guest on. So I want to read you a little bit about the guest that's coming on today. Okay, so... Her LinkedIn bio says the founder and CEO and chief strategist of AFMKTG, which is true, but it's honestly not the whole truth. And honestly, it's a little bit boring. (laughs) The reality is Amber founded her award-winning creative agency on an ironing board, figuring out how to build a profitable business out of nothing after jumping off the corporate ladder without a plan or a parachute. Her experience in building her own business, managing nearly half a billion dollars in real estate assets and being a mentor and coach for 10 plus years has culminated in the birth of the old money podcast. Amber is bold, straight up and direct. She has provocative views on business and a tongue-in-cheek approach that keeps her team and clients on their toes. I am so excited to have Amber on so let's get started. Hello, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Are you kidding me? I'm so excited to chat with you today. As I said, the OG Pilates podcast, like just so happy to connect with you. Oh,
0: thank you. I'm so excited to get started. I feel like I've read up a lot about you. I listened to a few episodes before you came on. I was like, oh
1: my goodness.
0: I have to say I literally love your podcast. It is fabulous. thank
1: you. Thank you. Well, the feeling's mutual. Oh, thank you.
0: (laughs) So should we get straight in? So how would you describe yourself in three words?
1: I love this. I thought this was a really like good, I love this question because there's so many facets we all have of ourselves, right? And I'm like, well, what are the ones that like describe me? And I think the thing is, is like, I'm, even though I'm a cancer, I feel like I'm a Gemini's twin because I have so many different sides to myself And I think like, Yeah. Like, you know, I run a business and, you know, I do a podcast and then I'm like such a loving mother to my dog. So that was the first thing that came to mind is I'm tender. I'm very emotional and sensitive and romantic. I just celebrated my... Three-year anniversary with my love last night. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. And I'm just very like nostalgic. So I think tender would be one way. But on the other side of things, I'm like very driven and like hardworking and dedicated and pushing and always striving for excellence with everything we do with the agency in my life. And then I'm also just an optimist, and I think that's important in business, just to always. Look to the future, hope for the best, and bet on ourselves.
0: Yes, well, it's coming from the ultimate girl boss, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) reading your profile, I was like, oh my goodness, this girl. We're going to have a lot to learn from you on here, I can tell you that. I love the way you described yourself as romantic as well. I feel like I've not heard that one yet. I love that.
1: (laughs) so important you know like even when life gets mundane we have to choose to make it special all the time I think that's how you live a really beautiful life
0: yeah completely oh that is so sweet Oh, <laughs> so next one is what advice would you give to someone hoping to start a business so like what is your background maybe what was your you know what was your first business because I feel like I've had so many businesses that completely failed and you know I don't know if I class them as my first business I guess
1: hundred percent. Well, my background was I studied marketing in school, which by the way, Cammie, congratulations graduate. Thank like you. What an amazing time in your life. And I think probably a lot of your audience is probably in the same type of like, you know, big life changes. Yeah. And like, how do I navigate? And it's just so fun to see. I'm a little bit older. I'm 36. I think I'm 36 now. How okay. old are you, Cammie?
0: 21. Oh, fresh. No, you're such fresh a You know, I'm literally, oh, baby. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because I literally just I studied marketing as well. So that's very inspirational. I feel like you're yeah. like me in a few years.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I think sorry. a lot of your audience, no, a lot of your audience is probably in the same thing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, where I'm going. And I was in the exact same boat. I had no guidance after school. Yeah. I did so many things. I worked in real estate and then real estate development for a really long time. And I climbed the corporate ladder. I was a corporate girly and I was totally burnt out. It was so hard. Um, But I think, you know, through all of the things that I've done, the number one piece of advice I would give anyone in your shoes is you need to learn how to sell. And I think that, you know, through all the different experiences that I've had and, you know, even when, I've also had, cami like ideas that didn't go so well, yeah. but you still have to get out there and push it and sell it and try to sell your dream to people. So whether you're selling a product or service or your idea or a marketing campaign, like knowing how to sell to somebody is so, so important. So if anybody's in your shoes, and they're like, I don't know what to do. I think getting a role in sales is a really good tool to build a career.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I feel like you have to love what you're doing. You have to love what you're selling. And in order for people to actually buy what you're selling, they need to believe that you love it too
1: exactly you have to believe it and be like your best advocate so when I see people that are lukewarm and it takes a lot of practice like feeling lukewarm about what they're selling you can tell energetically right completely
0: I know because I always say that when people ask me about content creation and you know what they like what tip would you give to start out I'm like I didn't even mean to start doing social media but I was just posting things that I loved doing and it shows through your content that you're creating that you love it
1: absolutely content creating and making things just for the public that's also a form of sales right you're selling yourself and your personality and I think sales has a really bad connotation it it doesn't have to be that it's like you're authentically being you and then connecting people with products that you love that's a form of sales so I'm really on a mission to like break down the stigma of sales and and make it something that can be soulful and helpful and connecting people
0: yeah I love that I feel like you've got so you've already taught us so much (laughs) (laughs) so what is because you kind of spoke about this in the questions that Mm you've sent over about like Mm -hmm. topics and discussions so what Mm -hmm. is financial fight or flight and how do you manage it
1: oh my gosh such a good question it's um financial fight or flight is a term that I coined because I am a recovering overspender I am a recovering Aren't (laughs) (laughs) aren't we all is so true and um, I actually became really interested in, like, why I was overspending and what was causing it. And I mean, to, to back it up a little bit, we've all heard of just regular fight or flight, right? Like, yeah. when you're scared from an animal, you're, you know... Being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, you go into fight or flight, right? Fight, you fight back, you can get aggressive. Flight means you're going to run away. Mm -hmm. And essentially, it's when your brain kind of takes over the amygdala of your brain. That's the part of your brain that manages emotions, and it takes over with fear. And that's the part of your brain that processes, like, memories and your senses and rational thinking. And it gets dysregulated when you're being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, right? You're Mm -hmm. like, I've got to get away or I've got to fight back. And so when you're under any type of deep amount of stress, that's what's called an amygdala hijack. Your amygdala takes over the rational thinking part of your brain because your brain is trying to protect you. It's just trying to survive. And for me, I really realized that there was a lot of stress in my life that was causing me to act in ways that were probably not super rational. We've evolved this way to survive, right? So like whether it was a saber-toothed tiger or the 150 emails in my inbox, or, you know, the challenging person at work, or the unopened credit card bill, or, you know, feeling insecure before going on a date, all of these stressors cause us to act in different ways that are maybe not the most rational ways. And so I spent almost all of my 20s just shopping to fill that void, or I was feeling insecure, and I thought this, you know, this is the eyeshadow palette at Sephora that's going to make me feel better, or... This is the blazer at Zara that I will never wear again after this one night out, but it's (laughs) going to make me feel better right now. And all of these things that I was doing to try to fill this emotional gap when the reality was I needed to get in touch with myself and be like, babe, like what's really going on here? Like, you know, you're feeling emotions, but you're ignoring them and you're just acting out instead. So from somebody who's, you know, healing from overspending too, it was all because of emotional dysregulation. And it was me not feeling secure enough or not feeling enough. And so I was making not great decisions for myself, my future self, my current self. So I was wasting all my money on one more drink or one more outfit or whatever. So for me, the biggest thing was learning how to regulate my nervous system. And all that meant for me was getting in touch with my emotions. And I'm saying that now very simply, but like that took a lot of <laughs> yeah, time. so like, easy. <laughs> yeah. So easy. Just get in touch with your emotions. I mean, I am a big <laughs> proponent of therapy and a big proponent of self-development because the more you can get in touch with like, how am I really feeling right now? And what's driving me to, you know, fill this gap or take the cart down all the aisles at Target and pull one thing from every aisle. I mean, it's just, it took a lot of practice, but there was a lot of things also I needed to do to just calm my external state and calm my life so that I could be a better decision maker for myself. And I'll be honest with you, like some of the stop gaps that I had to use in the meantime, like I would freeze my credit cards and I mean, freeze them, Cammie, in the freezer. I would put them in a Ziploc (gasps) baggie. That's like literally what I had to do put it in a Ziploc bag, you fill it with water and put it in the refrigerator because a credit card is supposed to be for an emergency, not for shopping. Right. And so I needed to, and you know, at one point I knew my credit card numbers by heart. I had to be like, hi, credit card company. I, I lost it and asked them to send me a new one. So I wouldn't know them for online shopping by heart. I mean, I put all of these practices in place and I, I talk a lot about this on the podcast too. It's about like creating these basically like trip wires so that you can slow yourself down. So you don't act so fast. You don't purchase so fast. You can make something get in your way. And then that gave me some time to be like, okay, why do I feel like I need to order again? What's really going on with me? And it just gave me a second to calm down and get in control of my money again.
0: Yeah, completely. I feel like on social media as well, I see TikToks, especially this time of year because of Black Friday and Christmas Mm -hmm. and like gifting coming up. But I see so many people romanticizing, you know, I'm sad. So this lip gloss at Sephora is going to make me feel better, you know? And it's really, really hard. And I feel like, especially with Apple Pay, like Apple Pay is my worst nightmare because I'm just like, it's not even the physical act of getting your card out your purse. It's literally phone, tap, done money gone and it doesn't feel like it
1: Exactly. And that's such a great point, Cammy. I always talk about this too. Like if you're trying to curb your overspending and just be more conscious about it, I turn off all the autofills. I don't have Apple pay on my phone anymore. So if I want to get something, I have to physically get up, find my wallet in one of my purses, find the credit card to put it in. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to interrupt our patterns. And the other thing that's really helped me as well is writing things down on the list. Because one of the things I talk about a lot, like I am not like I'm sorry, I'm not a saving coach. I'm not like helping people save all their money. I work hard for my money and I want to enjoy it. And I really believe in spending money intentionally, being yeah. with intention with your money. She right? And <laughs> exactly, right? Like really being present with this is something that I really want and I really am going to, you know, spend my money here in an intentional way because you should be able to buy what you want. You yeah. work hard for it. And so just giving yourself a second to breathe. And if you have five things on your list that you found on TikTok shop and you're like, okay, four of those things. Like, do I really need the like massaging, heating eye mask? Like, no, but maybe (laughs) I really do want, you know, this one product that I've seen a lot of great reviews for. So just taking a second to pause and then being able to give yourself some opportunity to be intentional about it is huge.
0: Yeah, I love that. I feel like I actually did that when it was the, like, I knew the Black Friday Amazon sale was coming up, because they do it early, I don't think they do it early in the US, but they do it early in the UK, and Mm -hmm. I'd added loads of stuff to my basket, and I was like, oh, I want this, I want that, I want that, and when I actually went through it, I think I ordered, like, two things out of ten, because I'd gone through it and went, actually, I don't need another yoga mat, actually, (laughs) I don't need, you know, I don't need, I can't even think what I had, not that's why I can't even remember what I had, in that basket so I clearly didn't want it that much it was just in the moment a
1: cooling off period is so helpful I yeah I love that
0: completely so on the next kind of thing is the way we grow up can affect our view on money so how do you control your emotions when it comes to finances
1: It's again, it's a journey. And I think the first step for me was really being conscious to it. So my parents are both lovely, and I was raised really well in a in a beautiful home, safe, and you know, I didn't want for much, but there was a lot of language, and this is not to cut down on anybody's parents or experience. Yeah. There's a lot of language that I picked up just habitually. You are a sponge, especially when you're young, of like, you know, how people talk. And so there was a lot of things like, oh must be nice, or money doesn't grow on trees, mm. or you know that's for them, not for us. Like a lot of these points of conversation, which really did shape the way that I viewed money. And so when you grow up hearing, oh, that's for them, not for us, that makes it feel like those experiences or opportunities are not available to you. And so yeah. you won't even try. And it took me a long time to kind of break out of that. And where I grew up, you know, we we grew up in the suburbs and again, it was like a lovely town, but a lot of my friends' parents were teachers or they worked at um, the local, it was like a a computer, like Intel. That's where everybody's dad worked at Intel. Everybody's dad was an engineer. Everybody's mom was a teacher. Mm -hmm. My mom was a real estate agent.
0: My mom's actually a teacher, which is really funny.
1: Really? (laughs) Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) What did, okay, well, let me ask you. Did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up?
0: Uh, I wanted to be a teacher, a pop star, a princess. um, Yeah. A queen, <laughs>
1: everything. A queen, I'm obsessed. You're like that. I'll figure that out. Yeah. I didn't know what it, I just didn't know any jobs when I was growing up. So I thought I wanted to do real estate too because that's all I knew. Yeah. That's the only jobs that I knew. And so you know, when you're growing up, just depending on what you're exposed to, that kind of limits your scope. I didn't know any entrepreneurs growing up. Yeah, None no. Of my parents Not were
0: female ones particularly either.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think it's really important to kind of notice the the scripts that we're given. And maybe we didn't mean to take them on, but we've just been given them. So like kind of recognizing the language and how that can really affect how we react to money. Are we worthy of it? Are those opportunities available to us? And so for me, it's been a big discovery. And I learned this tool a long time ago. It's called the seven Wise. Have you heard about this?
0: I don't think so.
1: Okay, this is a great tip for anybody that's out there and is feeling some sort of like, insecurity or or, or needing to get deeper to things. And the seven whys is basically a way to ask yourself to get deeper with your emotions by asking why about whatever assumption you have at least seven times. Like, why is this coming up for me? And you have to ask yourself it over and over. Like, you know, a little kid that asks like, why is this? Why is that? You have to be that way with your, your inner voice. And so I'll give you a really good example. I just went to a yacht show last month for work. And, you know, it's like, biggest and the best in the agency we have a client who's a yacht builder and you know it's all these multi-millionaires multi-hundred millionaires. that's a good networking and, area <laughs> oh, it's a great networking area but for some reason old habits came up and I went panic shopping at Bloomingdale's the night before we left and I spent probably three months worth of my budget on clothes mm-hmm. and I had to ask myself why did I do that and I had to ask myself that seven times. And so the easy answer is like, okay, because I needed something new to wear. And it's like, why did you need something new to wear? Because what I have isn't good enough. Okay, why is what you have not good enough? Well, because it doesn't look perfect. Well, why do you need to be perfect? Because the people that are going to be there are going to be perfect. Or why does it matter if they're there? Why, why is that coming up for you? Well, I don't feel like I'm part of their world. Well, what if you're not? Is that still okay? Yeah. Oh, wh- wh- you know, Why don't you feel like you can serve them and, or have them – respect you well because I'm feeling insecure and, and then you're like oh 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 insecure amber oh that's the emotion that's coming up so it took me from why did I buy these clothes because I needed something to wear sure but why did I really buy those clothes asking why 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 and you kind of get to the the root of the issue which is like I'm feeling insecure and then I can ask myself different questions like how can I become more secure? Or is it true that you can still connect with these people? Are you expected to always be a hundred millionaire to connect with other hundred millionaires? Or could you just be yourself and be kind and connect with people? And that's going to be enough. And so asking, 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 that really helps to dig to the root of those emotional issues and gives you an opportunity to ask different questions.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I feel like that is actually so important. You could use that with anything as well, not just yeah. you know your shopping or why do you feel like this. And it's really interesting yeah. as well with that kind of situation. I feel like it's really similar. You know, like when girls go out, they're like, "I need a new outfit to go out clubbing or go out on a yeah. girls' night." And it's like I literally mm-hmm. did it the other week. I went out and um it was with like I knew a few people, but it was like with a big group of girls and I really I'm I was like half an hour late because I was like oh my gosh I have no idea what to wear I refused to buy anything new but I was so worried about you know what I was going to wear and how I was going to look when it really kind of came down to the fact that I was just trying to impress other people rather than just kind of going okay I'm coming as I am and that's fine you know that's really interesting I like that seven question I really like that
1: and I think the other thing about that too, and um, this has come for me over a lot of a lot of years of therapy. But it's the I was the same way, and I I feel or I feel like when I was in my twenties, I was so insecure about girls more so than boys. Like boys don't care, oh, we yeah, wear. literally, they don't care. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but
0: I, I don't think, really care what you think. Yeah. You don't appreciate my newsara cardigan, okay? But girls literally. do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it was one of those things, like recognizing that if you are in a situation where you're being judged for what you wear are those friends you want anyway.
0: Yeah, And,
1: you know, no matter what you wear, how you show up, you're just being the best version of yourself. And, and I do believe in like, when you feel good and you you look good, you act well and you know, all that type of stuff that plays into it too. Um, but really anchoring into, I'm here to connect with people and, you know, be my authentic self, no matter what I'm wearing. And I hope that I can accept them for that and they'll do the same for me
0: yeah I completely believe that because I actually talk about it a lot on the podcast how when you're choosing your friends you should reflect how you feel after hanging out with them do you feel yeah. insecure you know are you surrounding yeah. yourself with people that are constantly picking at themselves and talking badly about themselves and talking badly about, talking badly about other people and I feel like so as well on top of that surrounding yourself with people you want to be like and people that are better than you and that will yes. inspire you and you know motivate you rather than drag you down and make you seem like why are you you would never be able to do that so why are you even thinking about doing that rather than saying you 100% can do that yeah how are you gonna do it let's come on what how can I help you you know
1: Amazing. Oh my god, you're just such a gem. Your audience, your community is so lucky to have you and such good feedback. So sweet. That's so cute.
0: Thank you. So, next thing is as a woman, I feel like we kind of touched on this just a minute ago about how, like, there aren't actually that many, you know, like female bad bitches, if you please, (laughs) as you know, CEOs that we know of anyway. I feel like there's definitely more men in the, in the limelight, I guess. Um, so as a woman, have you found it harder to become a CEO due to people maybe underestimating you or not taking you seriously as well?
1: That's a really good question. And I think the thing is for, you know, we just talked about this with, with women, for example, like I think there's good men and bad men, Yeah. there's good women and bad women. I've been challenged a lot because of my age, like being very young, Mm -hmm. which is something that I've had to overcome. And I thought, you know, okay, well I want to look young forever. So when I'm getting Botox, like (laughs) I hope you still guys think I'm very, very young when I'm not. But I think (laughs) the reality is, you know, we create our own circumstances Mm -hmm. and if we find things to be challenged by and if, um, you know, I'm like, oh, it's so hard to be a woman CEO. I will look for evidence to confirm that fact. So I choose to ignore the people who have kind of gotten in my way. Um, and I don't, you know, give them energy. And I really lean into people who support me, my friends, for example, my family. Like, I think the biggest thing is that I've underestimated myself. I've not taken myself seriously. That's been the biggest lesson. And it's not about, you know, what other people think of me. It's about what I think of me because when I show up and take myself seriously, when I embody the CEO that I need to be, I do command respect, not because I'm intimidating or being any type of way or I look away or dress away. It's just because I'm doing my job so well that I am able to, you know, connect with people on that level. So I don't, I don't know that anybody's gotten in my way more so than I have and that's why they say entrepreneurship is such a journey on personal development because it helps you uncover all of the ways that you get in your own way.
0: Completely. I feel like as well when you're your own boss you are the person that has to kind of go right you actually need to get up today you need to work Mm -hmm. hard today you need to do your own thing so I think With this kind of journey, I think the main person to get in your way is definitely you and your procrastination and your ego and your insecurities. Those are things that are going to get in your way in comparison to, Mm -hmm. you know, one like, I don't know, another entrepreneur or someone that's pulling you down, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's like, I think it's true. And you're such a big routine person and health and wellness, it all plays into it. And I think for me, one of the things I've learned is that like my, I know everybody talks about a morning routine and it's so like... I always talk
0: like, about a morning routine. <laughs> you know,
1: Yeah, me too, because it's so important. It sets my energy for the whole day. It's like an energetic cleanse for me. I have to listen to my meditation. I have to do my walk with my dog. I need some sunlight. I need some water and then I'm ready to get started. So I think it's important.
0: I completely agree with that. I feel like the days where I sleep in, I don't, you know, move my body in the morning. They're the days where I just feel slumped. I end up eating, you know and like not unhealthy but like less nutritional nutritious food you know whereas on the days where I wake up I move my body I take my vitamins I do my meditation and then I have a yummy breakfast and then throughout the day I feel so much more productive I get more done I look at things you know in a positive way as well like something goes wrong and you go okay it's fine have you heard of the um the burnt toast theory
1: tell me no I don't know
0: this so I only f- saw it the other day it's basically saying that like you put your toast in the toaster it comes out burnt because you've put it in for too long and you forgot to take it out but because you spend that extra time cooking the toast you've missed a traffic jam that you could have been in if you'd taken the toast out at the right time and then left the house if that makes sense
1: yeah so totally. things that
0: don't work in your favor actually are in your favor
1: work in your favor I yeah love that. I think that's anyway. a great way to look at it
0: yeah I really like that because it is so true it's just how you look at things isn't it it's like damn yeah. it my parcel didn't come on time I've got to go pick it up and then you go pick it up you buy a lottery ticket and you win the lottery I don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's random. the type of optimistic thing <laughs> I am all about I love that 100% <laughs> that's so great so the next
0: one as a student You can accumulate a lot of debt. What is your experience with debt? And what advice would you give someone that's trying to get out of it?
1: Yeah, first of all, I have so much empathy for this. And, you know, I don't know. I have to ask you, what do they call it in the UK when you're in school? Because when you're in school here in the US and you're getting... Okay, when you take on a student loan, they don't call it that while you're in school. They call it financial aid.
0: Oh, see, they they call call it student loan. There's a like maintenance loan and then the actual like loan for the school part of it.
1: Okay. I think it's really interesting because, you know, at my school, I still am very involved with my college, San Diego State University, and they have the financial aid office. That that to me, like it's financial aid. Aid sounds like they're helping you and sure it's helping, but it's as soon as you graduate, then it's a student loan, And then it's a totally different conversation. So I think the first thing is that you know, we really need to look at this systemically, especially in the U S it's completely out of control. The amount of loans that are being given to young people with really kind of horrible predatory marketing. And I think that, um, it's made to make you feel safe. And then you get out of a school and you're saddled with a bunch of debt. So, you know, I want to frame it for two different conversations. Number one, if you're still in school or about to go into school, really, really being, you know, getting some help from somebody who has some experience about taking on loans and what that really looks like. And the reality too, of taking on different loans for different types of studies. Like, you know, unfortunately my, my boyfriend was a minor in philosophy and I always say like, how's that philosophy minor working yeah. out for you? Except for when he argues with me and I'm like, oh, stop, you know, but <laughs> the, the pay rate for a philosophy major, is not going to be great when you get out of school. Mm-hmm. However, you're taking on, you know, student loan debt to be a dentist or a computer scientist or a doctor, you'll be able to pay it off. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things is, you know, social media especially has given us this picture of the life that we're supposed to lead right away, which we're supposed to graduate from school, move into the high-rise apartment, get the new car, have the nights out all the time. And you're that's not going to be real for everybody. I think the biggest thing is like living lean, being responsible, not accumulating excess debt, and in living in a way that is sustainable for you so you can pay it off. The biggest thing that you wanna avoid is you know, extended repayment periods or forbearance, which means pushing it off because Mm -hmm. what kills you is the interest. And even if you do like an extended repayment period and you push out, you're still going to be accruing interest. So the best thing you can do is be patient and kind with yourself and know that over time you'll chip away at it, chip away at it, chip away at it, but don't let it get in the way of living your life. Do probably need to make some you know, some choices about lifestyle and I'll be really honest. And I always tell this to people, too. They see me, you know, living my life now in a successful company with a great team. But when I started my company, I had to take a roommate in to my home because I needed to be able to live really, really lean in order to afford to start the company. I saved money from my job for a year so that I could have a runway to get started. I literally did not eat. I did whatever I could. I worked around the clock for years to get this business off the ground. And I sacrificed a lot. Not I don't say that to you know be a martyr, but just to show like there are things that people do, the choices that they make that you don't see when they're going through it unless they tell you about it afterwards. So for people that are going through student loan debt, be patient with yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Be gentle with yourself. Do a little bit as you can, but just know that it will it'll go away eventually if you just continue on with it
0: yeah i feel like what you just said as well have you heard the iceberg theory Yes, Because it's completely that. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you see the success, but you don't see all of the blood and sweat that absolutely goes yeah. into it to be able to be in the position that you are in, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's yeah. really easy said and done as well. I remember I was saying to a family friend, I was like, he was like, so what car would you want next? But I've got a little Fiat 500 I got when I was 17, and I'm not getting rid of yeah. that thing until it dies on me. <laughs> me too.
1: But, yeah, yeah. I love that velocity. I'm the same way. I have a. 11 year old car right now it's a Jeep Grand Cherokee she runs great I love her I maintain her and that's the thing is people think oh wow you're successful you might want to have a new car you know yeah. what I want to do is reinvest in my business you completely. know what I want to do is like make sure my savings and and all these other things so chasing you know the shiny objects is the biggest way to get in trouble especially when you have other accumulated debt you've got to be responsible
0: yeah completely because I've got a few people I know that most of their salary goes on their super expensive car and you know it it might feel good when you first have it but Mm. you know I'd rather have other things I guess I don't know or reinvest it into my business and make it grow like you said but um Yeah, and I was saying about the car. So they were like, so what car would you want next? I was like, oh, I don't know. I probably want like a pink Porsche or something. And they were like, oh, you don't want a pink Porsche. I was like, well, why do I not want a pink Porsche? And they were saying that, I don't even remember how this relates to what we were just talking about. Hopefully this, you'll know what I was on about. Um, And then they were like, "But you don't want to get a pink car because then it will make you look like you haven't worked for it. And it's all like... I don't know. I can't even remember what I was on about now.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I think if you want a pink Porsche, you should have a pink Porsche. But Thank I will you. say your Fiat is so cute. And it's like the perfect green color. Like
0: I don't, vibes. It gets so, like, even so dirty,
1: though. It gets so dirty.
0: <laughs> I'm like, don't even talk to me about it. Do you know what? You know, have you watched Friends? Yes, of course. So yes. you know, Monica, how she is just a clean freak. I yes. am a clean freak. But you know how she's got her cupboard, her cupboard that is just mess my car yes. is my cupboard I just oh my god my boot is full but it's the most random thing like I went out the other week uh, at the weekend and um I had a drinking game in my boots just because <laughs> and i have had this card game in my boot and everyone was like why have you got this here I was like I don't know but it's great it's I'm where obsessed. I keep everything it's
1: fine I mean, the fiat's very small, but it holds a lot. It's like Mary Poppins' purse. Things just keep coming out, coming out, coming
0: out. Yeah, literally. Anyway, I don't know how on earth I got on that tangent. (laughs) I do not know what my point was there. But anyway, so next question. (laughs) So you used to be a corporate girly, as you said. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give to someone that is trying to jump off of the ladder?
1: Oh my goodness, jump off the ladder? Do it. I mean, I have to say, <laughs> yeah. I, don't think I about loved it, just do job. it. Yeah, <laughs> just do it. I love my job. I actually had my dream job when I was 29. Um, so, as I shared earlier, I worked in real estate development. And when I started at my last company that I worked for, they didn't have a position for me. I literally, my title was marketing girl. Like, <laughs> so demeaning. like I had no title. I had to build my whole career from scratch. I built my job descriptions. I found opportunities. I did all the things and I worked my way up to vice president of sales and marketing. And That's I think amazing. one of the things, it was really, I was so proud of myself. It was much bigger of a title than I was ready to take on at that time. If I'm being totally honest, it was, it was a big challenge for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I really didn't understand the rules of the game of corporate life, which is like, you know, how to play the politics and, you know, how to really add value as an employee, all these different types of things. So I really... I really, really struggled in navigating that. And the way that I left the corporate ladder was because I was burnt out. I literally had finished a project. I threw the party to open the building. And then I was like, I got to go. And as I said, I had been planning in the background for, you know, a year of saving money. I had given six months of notice. But I really did leave kind of limping out of corporate life because I was so, it was so beat up and tired. It was a lot of pressure. And so if somebody now was trying to you know, find their way out of that environment, I would say a couple of things. Number one, extract as much as you can from the experience while you're there. Mm-hmm. Because even though it was really a challenge, I learned so much. I had an opportunity to go back to school for my master's and I ended up staying at that that pro or at that job, because I said, you know what, I rather learn here and get paid, but I'm going to make it my personal mission to do everything. I'm going to talk to the lawyers. I'm going to talk to finance. I'm going to learn how to do accounting. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And all of the skills that I learned in that job, I use now every day in running my business. So all of those people are there and they're all specialists and they know their jobs. So if you're in a corporate environment now, extract as much knowledge as you can out of it. The other thing that I would also say, and I shared this too, is your corporate job is going to be your angel investor. You need to take all the money that you can to set aside to make your dreams come true because if you don't if you're not intentional with it again. Exactly. <laughs> intentional with it, it's never going to happen. So there's not going to just magically be some figure in your bank account that makes you feel safe. You have to really plan for it and and be smart. Like how much does it Like how much runway are you going to give yourself? How much does it cost to survive, to keep the lights on for a month? Okay, it's this much money. So I'm going to give myself six months of runway to make it happen. So really taking um, a smart business-minded approach to being able to do that, saving money, extracting everything you can with it. And then honestly, remembering that a corporate job does not equal safety. And I think that's a big thing that people fall into the trap of they they get afraid of starting something on their own because they say, well, I feel safe with my job and I get a paycheck every week. But the reality is, is you're never in control of your destiny. If somebody else is writing your checks, you need to take ownership and bet on yourself. It's the best bet you can make in your life. And yeah, it does get uncomfortable as we shared some of the the challenges. I didn't have health insurance for many years. I couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And when I could afford it, it was a huge win for me as an entrepreneur. Now my team has it as well because it's, you know, making those trade-offs and challenges. And so you have to really apprise where you are in your life and what's, what's real for you. But I, if again, somebody's trying to jump off the ladder, do it, but do it smart. And that's the best advice I could give.
0: Yeah, don't do it on a whim and just randomly quit your job. I remember I did that. This is completely different. I was 19 and I was working at a pub and I literally, I quit that job and I didn't get another job for three months, I think. And in that three months, I completely, no, I did get another job. I missed the cutoff date to getting paid. So I had to wait an extra month. And in that month, I literally had like £2.80 to my name. And that was just horrible. But I quit that job completely stupidly without having a backup plan. And I wish I hadn't done that. So definitely just don't do that. Always have a backup plan and look after yourself.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Look after yourself. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing. I think future you deserves to be taken care of. And sometimes we act again in that fight or flight like response. Like we're so upset or we're so scared. We have to leave right now what would future you want you to do? So like taking a pause, apprising how you're feeling about it, and then being able to make more rational, sane decisions is always helpful.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I feel like you've kind of just answered my next question, but I feel like you might have another one for me. So each week we choose Mm -hmm. a quote to sum up the episode or kind of like your favorite quote, I guess. So you can give a few if you want, if you don't have one. Um, So what is your quote of the week?
1: Oh, I love this. I... I'm really resonating with this idea right now, which is high standards protect me from low quality experiences. Yeah. Which is really like vibing with me right now. And I think that is um, helping me really stay in a high vibration and connecting with people. And, and what I even mean by that is my expectations of myself, not not being a gossip, not leaning into too much television or, you know, things that are rotting my brain. Um, you know, eating better food, feeling better, moving, all those things. So having my high standards for myself helps me have a higher vibration life.
0: Completely. Oh, I love that, that's so beautiful. oh <laughs> thank you so You're much so for sweet. coming on do you want to tell everyone where they can find you where they can listen to your podcast
1: of course i'd love that um i host the old money podcast it's available anywhere podcasts can be found so spotify apple etc old money podcast on instagram you can find me on instagram at amber in california and if you have any questions about marketing you want to see how we run our agency it's af marketing that's how you say it and it's A-F-M-K-T-G online on instagram love to talk to you
0: amazing I feel like I do actually get a lot of questions about how to get into marketing so this could definitely be a good way to find out guys if you are curious well thank you so much for coming on I've had an absolute blast you're absolutely lovely
1: (laughs) you're such a joy I'm so happy we got to be connected thank you so much oh thank you so much bye